Before you hit record, I think that we should talk about the incredible experience we had together the other day. We are recording. It hasn't changed my mind. Okay. Talk. I want to talk about the middle school that we got to go to. College U Middle. How many uh, seventh graders do you think were in the room? I don't know. How many How many do you think? I'm two? terrible. I'm terrible at guessing. 200? I would easily. guess that there were four of us in the room and there were only two. <laughs> let's say there were 200. I have no idea. Well, there's sixth graders, seventh graders, and eighth graders there. The school's massive. I would say there's 200 in each class. So let's say there's 200 seventh graders. Okay. Just go with it. So uh, Nathan and I had the opportunity to uh, you to sound visit. Very silent, quiet today. It's because I'm. I'm it's. It's. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Saturday, Dr. Carroll and I did an incredible wreaths across America event, and I picked him up, and he was bell to bell on Friday. So I'm talking for you right now. I'm looking him in the eye with just such confidence. Seven to seven thirty ish on Friday, he didn't get a single break, and then I'm in his driveway first thing in the morning on a Saturday as a dress up in a suit and a bow tie to come <laughs> and do more stuff. So Thanks for picking me up. By the you're way, you're welcome, man. I I know that you've been slammed. I just left a car at my office because I was I was done. It's okay. Anyway, so uh, that last you week do when you're done, you just yeah, you just sit. When I work really late, we're, and we're going to go eat together, Joy will come and pick me up, which is so kind. And she did. And we went to eat out of town, so it was a bit of a thing. And rather than go all the way back to get my truck, she just took me home. I could just see you like melting, like disappearing. You're like, I'm done. <laughs> oh me, it's not untrue. Yes. So we had the privilege of talking to uh, middle school, college or middle school uh, in our area last uh, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Eight o'clock in the morning, a room of uh, 200, could have been 2,000, I don't know, seventh graders. 1,712. And we were warned, look, they're going to be tired and they're not going to pay any attention. And, you know, of course, the teachers are spot on about that because they face it every day. But to our surprise and to theirs, these kids were incredibly attentive and respectful. And and when we had our little Q&R... You know, I like to say Q&R, not Q&A. Yeah, questions and responses. I know, it's so cute. Well, because I don't want to presume that I have all the answers. Hmm. That's that's good. But I do like questions. Yeah. They were they were engaged. I mean, there were more questions than we had time for. So we had to overlook some, which was always difficult. But it was a wonderful thing. And then uh, the next day, I got this box of thank you letters, and there had to have been 200. Hey, that would be one way to figure out. Let's count them. All right, we'll do that. That'd be good. Um there were, I mean, it's a box full of letters and it's just such a, such a sweet, thoughtful gesture for every single student to write. Even the ones I'm sure who didn't want to, they did and they were all completely respectful and some of them were very funny. Some were very moving. Some were extremely moving. A special thank you to the administration there, Shauna Mullen and, and all the teachers who, who invited us to come and speak to. They, they invited us, get this everyone, they invited us because they are currently listening to, and you can specify this better, they're currently listening to people who are, uh, had created 
a movement, if you will, of uh, the JFKs, uh, the Martin Luther King Juniors, people who have really stood behind something, kindness and inclusion and and acceptance, and um, really pushed that movement forward. And they so happen to not only listen to their speeches, but the teachers are introducing the You'll Die Trying podcast. How humbling is that, Jay? I mean, that's incredible. It's awesome. Miss uh, Shauna Mullen created this lesson. Uh, for the about the power of speech, brilliant, really, yeah. It's uh, and for them to be listening to our our podcast and and I mean that's just crazy, especially alongside the likes of like real you right know, movers and shakers, right. Martin Luther King and JFK. By the way, I saw a pair of socks the other day that had JFK on them. Did you get them? No, because I was already getting some that had hand grenades on them. But <laughs> I thought the JFK socks were cool. I'll probably go back. That's awesome. I. I have to share one letter in particular that this student wrote, and I'm paraphrasing phrasing it because it's not right in front of me, because Dr. Carroll didn't bring all the letters. It's okay. Yeah, sorry. I, I love. I it. didn't anticipate us being here today. Yeah, but aren't you glad we are? Yeah, I am too. The sun's shining really in here in the windows. It feels good. This letter. S- sorry, yeah, there it is. This letter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed. You're definitely on it today. You you brought yourself right back around. That's I'm really good. excited. I'm yeah. excited to be here with you. This letter to that we read, uh, Dr. Carroll was reading these letters on Saturday at to on the way to the event. He was like the kid in the back seat. And one letter he he wrote uh, read about uh, the student said, after I left. I didn't fix my hair. (laughs) And I only started fixing my hair because my friend did. But I'm not my friend. I'm me. And when I didn't fix my hair, no one looked at me any differently. Now, this is a seventh grader. So, like, not fixing your hair is a really, really big deal, right? Let's be very honest. Because when I was in seventh grade, every piece of hair was in place. Mm -hmm. It had to be. And Mm -hmm. and he said, or she, I'm not sure exactly, that they weren't going to fix their hair tomorrow. It was a he. He wasn't going to fix his hair tomorrow. Because uh, as they heard from us, what other people think about us is is none of our business. None of our business. So these letters have, uh, they, they were asked to kind of say what was the most inspiring thing you heard or what was kind of the golden line or, you know, the, 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 the main takeaway. And a lot of them were things like... Um, you know what? What people think of you is none of your business. It's important that you be yourself. Uh, what are some of the other the uh, golden lines that you remember? You said uh, eat the frog first. You know, mm-hmm. like no one wants to do the hard thing. Yeah. They always put it off last. And that, another one uh, wrote a letter saying that that stood out to them too. That's pretty cool. Eat the frog. And some of them would say things like, you know, home life is hard. I I know the power of bullying. I know the power of depression. And uh, it means a lot to have somebody come and say and, and look at us and say, you're a person and you matter because you're a person. And I don't have to know you and your story to think that you matter because you do. And you have to believe that, you know, it's, that was very powerful. It's very moving. It was good for, for me to see the youth, the, the, the future, you know, of our community, yeah. you know, to hopefully instill some sort of excitement to be better versions. And I, I think it was great. It was really flattering to be able to go there. It really was. We, uh, we took a selfie. We've posted, we'll, we'll post some more um, mm-hmm. on our uh, social media sites. And at the end of this episode, there's a contribution of that whole 200 plus member of seventh grade class of College View. And you'll hear it at the end of this episode. It's oh, pretty yeah. awesome. That was, that was really, really awesome. And, mm-hmm. and one of the really cool things also was the, the, the drawing. 
yeah. the drawing of Dr. Carroll and myself sitting in our stools. We were sitting at the 50-yard line, if you will, of the, the gym right in the center, center court, and uh, had these, the bleachers filled, and someone took it upon themselves to draw a picture of what they what they saw. Yeah, you can see it on our uh, social media. It's a, it's a background, like a watermark of a happy face. And then two people sitting and talking and, and the thought bubbles over their heads. And it's very, it's very good. We're going to frame it. Yeah. We are going to frame it. But you suggested that uh, it brought to you uh, the idea that we should be in touch with our, uh, our inner seventh grader. Yes. There is a child within all of us, right? Yeah. So the inner child, the idea there is that uh, the, the, the first self of us that kind of entered into the world um, contains our capacity to experience wonder and joy and curiosity and freedom and gladness and pleasure. And that that slowly but surely gets like being beat out of (laughs) us throughout the course of our lives. And the role of the adult is to learn how to parent the inner child in us, which I think is pretty powerful. Mm. And you know that that's that's the thing. And and when I when I talk to people at, at my practice at the clinic at the Montgomery, when people say, you know, so they're so angry at their parents. You know, they're they're forty years old and angry at their parents for this and that. And I understand that. And there's real pain there, and that has to be addressed and, and treated. But I, someone once said, by the time we're old enough to blame our parents for our problems, we're old enough to do something about them ourselves. And of course, blaming someone doesn't do anything. It just freezes us up and keeps us stuck in that process of, of uh, not taking responsibility. So I, I always say, well, our job is to parent ourselves. Once we learn to forgive and free our parents from having to parent us, it's our responsibility to do that for ourselves. So you're a parent. I'm a parent. Mm-hmm. I have a seventh grader. Um, you will one day. You have three. And uh, it's important that we know what it means to be a child and to recognize that very much um, there is still a child in all of us. I like the, did you notice when every one of them are walking in single file, pretty much some of them were kind of cattywampus, but yeah, it was almost like this, each one had a little bit of intrigue in their face and, and that you, that youthful intrigue and, and wonder that you, that's the right word. Mm-hmm. That is a beautiful thing. And you said before that, you were talking about how things get beaten out of us over the course of our lifetimes. Yeah. I mean, how do we, I think we need to be a little bit more gentler on ourselves and allow us the opportunity to be filled with wonder yeah. and to have a little bit more fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it is way too serious sometimes yeah. in this workplace that we're in or in this relationship that we're in. It's oftentimes too far too serious and far too almost burdensome. Mm-hmm. You know, we carry so much weight. And it, it's hard already, but maybe adding an allow yourself to add a little bit of wonder, a little bit of excitement, kind of, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's important. Yeah. I think when we take ourselves too seriously, we actually end up denying and neglecting um, the child within us. And uh, we've done that for so long that now we think, you know, being playful and having fun and literally playing is immature. Immature. Yeah. Yep. When the reality is if we're not in touch with that part of ourselves, we actually are just, we're denying some of the most positive aspects of ourselves. Yeah. And ironically, growth movement forward requires us to be in relationship with the, that, that child in us. So maturity requires playfulness, um, less seriousness, actual play, 
uh, wonder, curiosity, you know, delight, the things that we used to do in the middle of the room and everybody was watching and we weren't self-conscious about it until finally someone, you know, convinced us or we convinced ourselves that we needed to be self-conscious about it. Yeah. What are you self-conscious about? Me, uh, for some weird reason, I was just thinking about uh, dancing, but I love to dance. God, I'm so terrible. But you dance. Yeah. The last gala. I, if we or, call it that. Yeah. Well, you, the last gala, however you want to pronounce it, uh, we were at, you, you were dancing, you enjoy, we're dancing. You didn't care. Listen, my wife has danced since she was a child and she's an amazing dancer. That's probably why you're like really <laughs> like legitimately an amazing dancer. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm no dummy if I'm not out there on the dance floor with her, some other idiot's going to try to be out there with her. So I'm not, I'm not leaving that unattended. Yeah. Uh, and you know, she's really unembarrassed. In fact, it's the opposite. She kind of enjoys the ridicularity. That's not a real word. But aren't you unembarrassed of that? I'm not embarrassed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No. You're not embarrassed whatsoever no. if you're dancing. No, no. Which is good because I laugh hysterically. It's so bad. I mean, how do you always end up dancing with me though? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I think bad dancers flock together. I'm not a bad. Da- that's the. That, I'm not a bad dancer. I'm just really. Oh, I, I okay. Have to say, I wouldn't know because I feel like we have to drag you out on the dance floor. That's my point. That I was saying, like, I don't know why, because I am actually a good, relatively good dancer. Yeah. I love to dance. Once I get going, Dr. Kerr almost spilled his coffee. Like, <laughs> oh, it was really bad. I just did it twice. I don't why know. Don't, we don't need a coaster. Right no, here. you don't. It's fine. Okay. I don't know why, but yeah. I do need to be coached. Like, I didn't dance at Aaron, and Aaron, my brother, and Hayden, my sister-in-law's wedding. Why? Because I'm a dummy. Well, I, I did a little bit. Your fair. wife would love it if you would get on the dance floor with her. I know that for a fact. She dances and I go and dance with her. Rarely. Well. You stand floor side with your hands in your pockets. I'm not a pocket hand guy. Crossed. Your arms are crossed. Are you positive or are you just saying that? I noticed that the other day when we were talking at College View Middle School, that when you talk, you you would, you hold the microphone in your right hand and then you cross your left mm-hmm. arm like over. Like this. Like you're almost like... Were you feel? Were you nervous um, from a body language perspective? One, there was one point I was nervous because there was one moment I felt really off because I allowed myself to—I uh, don't want to say disconnect, but disconnect. Yeah, because I had other things popping in my mind, and something came. But you took over because, like you do, and helped that situation. Yeah, it all stemmed from when I was trying to make a a, a joke. Uh, and Dr. Carroll took the bit and the shtick, he calls it, from the podcast in, in real life, IRL, in other words, if you're shortening a text. Oh, that's what that means. IRL, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't. I still don't know what SMH means. That means shaking my head. Okay. <laughs> I really don't. SMFH just still means shaking my head. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, you made a, you said, we were talking about being a funeral. I was just going to skate by it, but you're like, we're not talking about a funeral director. And I was like, oh, I, I'm terrible. I'm dumb. <laughs> no, that was shtick. That I know. Was a bit. I know. We talked about it afterwards because I got, I got, but that threw me off for a minute. So that, but I do. I, well, in this picture that Joy took of us, you were, it's, and from a body language perspective, it looks like you're consoling yourself. I probably was. That might have been the moment. Like nervous, like I'm, I need to hold myself to keep myself comforted. Do people really do that? Yeah. Really? Well, sometimes, you know, men will stand with their hands crossed in front of them when they are hiding something and they'll, they'll be blocking their, you know, they're, they're in a sense shielding their privacy. Because they're hiding something. 
So in other words, never trust a man whenever he's crossing his arms in front of you talking? Unless he's a, a groomsman and the uh, wedding coordinator told him that he needed to stand with his hands crossed in front of him, left over right. So you're saying I, if I stand like this, like this, mm-hmm. I, my hands are essentially hanging down. You, you to- could be feeling insecure or you could be hiding something. What if my hands are behind my back doing the same? Is that different? That tends to mean you're much more open, not not as worried about what other people think about you. So the funeral director in me, the leader in me, where do my hands go? Because whenever I'm working a visitation or funeral, I put my hands behind my back yeah. a lot. That says that you're open, okay. welcoming, unafraid, confident of the job you're doing. Yeah. So, but whenever you're in front, that's not good. So don't well, do that. Well, it's not good or bad. It's just, and it's not a one-to-one. It just could mean. Got it. And so you have to watch and you have to be aware of the context. Like I said, like at a wedding, you don't have six groomsmen up there who are all hiding something, although they probably are <laughs> because they all went to the same bachelor party. Yes. But it could also be that they're just told to stand that way. We were told to stand that way, left over right. Yeah, I've done, I don't know, a million weddings. And yeah. every time I am organizing, you know, the way we start the rehearsal, because I'm a 30-minute rehearsal guy. Good. So you get in, you set up like you're going to be halfway through the wedding, like we're, we're going to be at the vows. So everybody needs to look like how they're going to look halfway through. Men, zipper check. That's, for, that's a real thing. Keep your knees loose. Another real thing. Have you seen somebody go out? Absolutely. What does it sound like? <laughs> It's well, Boom! it's normally there's someone there who can help kind of, you know, cushion the fall, but it's not pretty. Why do people pass out? Are they already nervous? Yeah. People hate, a lot of people hate standing in front of other people because they feel like all eyes are on them, which of course. Nobody's paying attention to the exactly. groom, groomsmen. groomsmen. You, no one's paying attention to anyone really other than <laughs> the bride. But, um, and that's how it should be. But there's nervousness. There's They normally either have had too much to drink, so they're dehydrated, or they haven't had enough to eat, so they're, you know, they have low potassium or low blood sugar, or they, they, they lock their knees. Dang. That legit causes circulation problems, and it, it shields uh, the blood's return to the brain, and you have that response of passing out. And you, they get this really terrible look, like their, <laughs> their face becomes a little bit green. And you, they Why go is it out, funny right now? and then they just start to wobble a little bit, and it's like that's going to happen. And, and if you can pay attention, so I've always been aware. Like I look at all the faces of the groomsmen and bridesmaids at the rehearsal. I tell them I'm not kidding. This is a real thing. During the wedding, I'm checking in. Like when the bride and groom are having sweet moments, like I'll I'll look at each one, being like, "Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay?" Because I want to know. Because I don't want that to happen on my watch, and it never has, thankfully. Good. Yeah, that's. I watched before Megan gave birth. I watched a, a montage of the dads oh. <laughs> watching the birth, just the, the the dads, and they're hitting the floor in the hospital. And the doc, all the doctors are like, "Oh, <laughs> they're just totally ripping them." They're, Have you seen that um, th- that so- experiment when the guys were given? Um, like a machine that electronically mimics contractions yes. and how yes. like childlike the men become and women are just like soldiering Taking through, bring it on. And men are screaming and yeah. it's insane. Women are having children and men are like, I have a cold. That's the same thing. <laughs> that is the same thing. The point of all of that was to say context matters. So if you're standing at work or you're at a wedding, your body posture might not mean something. But if you're confronting someone about a concern that you might have and all of a sudden you notice their hands come out of their pockets and they cross themselves or they cross their arms up at their chest. Now that's not a good 
that's not good to Closing sit like off. this. Yeah, you sit like that a lot, though. I think but that's I'm because you're, yeah. That's a comfort thing. Like, if my body's really, like, right now, I'm, I just crossed my arms and it's really comfortable. I'm, I'm like, leaning into this mic like it's... yeah. A pillow. One of the College View students told yes. their teacher that oh. that we need to not have our mouths so close to the microphone in our podcast. I love that. It's like, hey, we'll take all the criticism yes. we can get. So That's now funny. my mouth is as close as it literally can be. But it sounds good. Sounds so good. watch your body language. It's okay. interesting. Do, you know, you just ask yourself, like, am I uncomfortable? Am I like, do I need to hug myself? Am I comforting myself? Or am I nervous about something and just kind of ah, relax? Back to the inner child, which, by the way, that all relates. It does course. relate. Yes, I felt like it all walked side by side with. Right. Back to the inner child. Okay, you want me to keep going? Yeah. Okay, I'm trying to think. Is do you do you have like a moment within your inner child where? How do I word this? Oh, like you you cross the threshold. I think maybe that's what you're. What I'm trying to say. I think the child in us lives forever. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I was talking about. You know, what's hard is that uh, we we believe that we have we successfully outgrow the the child in us and all the emotional baggage attached to that. But it that's that's completely untrue. What's sad is that the child doesn't experience the grown up in her little self, but the grown up can experience the child in her grown self. It'd be nice if it went the other way. I wish I knew now what I, you know, wish I knew then what I know now, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but I think one of the most important things is that we, we get in touch with, with the, the part of ourselves that's still um, childlike. Yeah. You know, this is, uh, this is an important part of, of the philosophy of Jesus who uh, brought this uh, messy-haired, wild-eyed, bubble-blowing kid into the midst of his uh, all-adult, you know, scholarly community of, of Pharisees and, and the like, and says, look, if your faith isn't like this kid, then, you know. You'll never there's, enter. There's the, no room. Yeah. yeah, there's no room for you because faith requires wonder. Faith requires curiosity. Faith requires delight. Faith brings about pleasure. It's not about facts, numbers, bottom lines, and seriousness. It right. is it is a wild goose chase, which is why the Celts, the ancient Celts, Scots, Irish folk, called the Holy Spirit uh, the wild goose. I did not know that. There is no catching her. She goes where she will, hmm. like the wind. Wow. She's like the wind. I knew someone was going to... Seeing either me or you, and it was you. <laughs> I hope it's one of us. Yes. If someone else pops ah, in here, that's... I I was thinking of uh, Physicians Mutual, who we partner with uh, in our funeral homes. They offer our families. Um, this is an insurance company. Yes, death benefit uh, insurance uh, policies specific for the funerals. They are based out of Omaha, Nebraska, and the facility is immaculate. I mean, it's a just nice gated area and a beautiful. Uh, beautiful building and all the employees from my, they invited me to fly there and they treated us. They, they've cooked us dinner. Not they, the CEO took us and cooked us on the grill himself. Anyway, my point is, is they have, they have uh, play days. So they will shut down their office of 600 plus mm-hmm. and outside on their grounds, ball pits, inflatable slides, uh, uh, what's it called? Where potato sack races? The, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They have mm-hmm. those races all for the adults. Yeah, cotton candy machines. 
because they understand the child within definitely matters to be productive, to be happy. Yeah. It's pretty awesome, yeah, right? It is. It is. I think that's great. I think they also need a an EMT and ambulance on site because I would break my hip if I had a potato sack race. <laughs> would you really? Oh, yeah. I mean, that, recently I got on one of our children's little um, outdoor uh, board type things, you know. And Don't you know what it's called? <laughs> it's like really bad. Yeah. It's that twisty board that you, I don't know what oh, it is. But gosh. anyway, I got on it and it was on ice and I thought this would be cool. I'll slide down the driveway on this thing on ice. No. Did you hurt yourself? Yeah, well, not that. Yes. <laughs> yes, I landed right on my hip. I'm pretty sure that oh, was. Oh, that's so funny. One. Why is it funny when people get hurt? But not like really hurt. That's why we like America's Funniest Videos. <sighs> Those embarrass me. Really? Yes. You get embarrassed for them? I get embarrassed. American Idol, I get embarrassed. Oh. She bang, she bang. <laughs> oh, baby, would you move? <laughs> but the reason you know that is because he was so bad. It was, was, so it was bad. good. It was awful. Yeah. What was his name? William or Hung? Well, I don't know. You're gonna Google it. I think it was William Hung. I don't know who it was, but it was really funny, and he sold a lot of records of that. Yeah. And and um, yeah, William James Hung, but his were... name is Hung Hing Chung, which is a he's Hong Kong born. Um, wow. Former singer, it says on Wikipedia. Oh wow. Who gained fame in early 2004? That's so long ago. I, w- I hope he appears on a Where Is He Now? You know, I love those VH1 Where Are They Now? I love those. Yeah, it's fantastic. I really do. So what are you going to do today, tomorrow, the rest of this week to kind of to to kind of embrace, to acknowledge the child within and, and just say, hey, you know what? I deserve, uh, I deserve to not be so uh, uptight. Serious. Serious. Yeah. Um, be filled with wonder because I really like that word. I think that's a great word, Dr. Mm-hmm. Carroll, mm-hmm. uh, to be mindful of of the fact that you deserve to actually have a little bit of fun. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be about stats and graphs and, stati- you know, all that stuff that you just talked about. Right. I think it could be something that's exciting. I have, uh, I have the habit of playing with, uh, when I have clients who are teenagers, there's play involved in therapy. So I have a Nerf hoop that I put up in my clinical room. And some kids will only talk if you have uh, agreed that you will that you, that you'll play because it's distraction. It doesn't seem as serious. So we'll play horse, you know, the basketball game horse yeah. where you take a shot and if you make it, I have to take the same shot. If I lose it, I get the letter H and you play through to horse for those of you who've never played. And before the either of us gets to shoot, we have to ask each other a question. And so it starts out with like Nike or Under Armour, pizza or cheeseburger, you know, orange juice or Coke, that kind of thing. Then we get into what's the last thing that you remember happening at home that made you cry? Or when's the last time you felt like you had an explosive, rageful episode because your sibling frustrated you? Or And so we get into therapeutic conversations the entire time, though, we're playing basketball. Or I have a client who is a baseball player. So in the spring, summer, and fall, we'll go out back of my office and we'll throw a baseball. I have my glove. I have a baseball. I keep it there. One time he broke one of my windows. It was hilarious. Uh, so we'll just throw we'll just throw the ball and we'll <laughs> yeah. talk the entire time. Only person I know that would laugh over a broken window. Yeah, yeah. It's, That's it's, insane. It's no big deal. Uh, or we'll, uh, you know, little teeny kids will talk to you via puppets. 
So I have this box of incredible puppets that, that Joy uh, had when the girls were little. And uh, they will put on a little puppet show. So I have the sofa designed so they can get behind it. And that's the puppet stage. And they will tell you everything about themselves uh, with a puppet and nothing about themselves without it. So play brings out parts of ourselves that I think we don't always have access to. When I used to have, uh, when I would consult with businesses and congregations, or when I was a pastor, we had uh, board meetings or retreats. I would always bring Play-Doh, markers, paper. And before we did anything after the, you know, initial intros, they we would play. We would have them sculpt things or play that game Cranium that involves sculpting it involves drawing accessing different parts of our brain you know and and utilizing parts of ourselves that we have in a long time and getting in contact with um our child inner child acknowledging accepting and uh and playing with our inner child i never knew that about about you Mm -hmm. in regards to getting uh involved with children such a way that's really neat it's fun it's in that's pretty admirable really man thank you for that yeah so I encourage you, and I know Dr. Carroll does, just be gentle on yourself and have fun. You know, uh, don't take life too seriously. You're never going to get out alive. That's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is a, a very real thing. However high up the ladder you are, you're never too mature or, or successful to have fun. Mm. Right. Yeah. Uh, and again, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to make sure we say a special thank you to you who are, who are uh, listening in. Uh, it means a lot to us. And if you haven't yet today, do something playful. And if you have children, do something playful with them because uh, it is uh, such an amazing way to connect with people. Play games with your spouse, play games with your colleagues, um, take the time, do, the, do what it needs, do what is needed um, to play. Get in touch with that, that you who is still there and uh, who needs to be shown some attention. We appreciate you listening. As always, I am Nathan Morris. I'm Jonathan Carroll, and these are the students of College View Middle School. Thanks for listening. Yeah!